Welcome to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. You're listening to Lauren, and I'm sitting down here with Vix and a very special guest today. That is right, my guys, gals, and non-binary pals, we are sitting down with another one of our favorite content creators. But before we do that, for anyone who's joining us for the first time, Wonderfully Done is a show all about having the conversations that you don't know how to start. What we like to offer listeners is a shame-free zone. We are not sex professionals, we are not therapists, we're not counselors. But we are young queer women who are really into these conversations about sex, communication, and how we heal the relationships that we have with ourselves and others. So let's get into it. So everyone, I am so excited today that Vix and I are sitting down with Daddy Will Tantra. I've been a big fan for a long time over on OnlyFans. Will is a sex and tantra coach, particularly teaching men how to give and receive more pleasure. His content is practical and explicit, very educational, and one of my favorite content creators. So Will, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. So, Will, I'd like to start by asking about your very interesting career. I've heard on some other shows that you have a lot of maybe unexpected qualifications. I'd love to hear more about that career journey for you. Oh, thank you. So, I am a sex and intimacy coach. I also teach Tantra, and I'm a massage therapist and yoga instructor. So those are my basic qualifications for what I'm doing right now. The main emphasis of the work I do is teaching people how to give and receive more pleasure. And I teach through explicit videos that are very practical in nature. So I will demonstrate things step by step in tutorial form, but then I will also demonstrate the techniques to show people how they can blend seamlessly into partnered intimacy, just like in a porn scene. Something that I love is that you have this health and wellness background and training. And a lot of the time when I'm looking at, say, fitness influences, a lot of the time people are watching it for a pleasurable experience, whether they're sexualizing watching a fitness instructor or they're just enjoying the aesthetics of watching a really fit person or seeing someone demonstrate skill. And I really like that your work is almost more honest about here's the practicality, here's the demonstration, and then there's that little bit of performance. Do you think it's a very different approach for yourself to come into adult content creation from that health and fitness background? Yes. In fact, I've had this vision of my current career for a few years now of creating this type of practical sex education. I didn't know it would look like this. I didn't know it would look, it would have an entertaining aspect. I didn't know it would look like some of it just like a regular porn scene to a certain extent. The pandemic kind of put a fire under me to get this going. And honestly, the very first thing I did was I just turned my phone on me, my camera on me, and taught three unique cockstrokes. And I had fun doing it and kind of not a character, but kind of this delivery came out and 
kind of this daddy take you under my wing and teach you some things about your penis, you know, kind of came out and I was like, oh, that was really fun. That's how it all started. And then I started infuse my fitness and health background because I'm also a personal trainer. And then it just became much more of a, a balanced representation of what I do every day, just both personally and professionally. It feels like, you know, COVID really has kicked off this chapter of your career, but as someone that has worked in massage or I believe worked in like adult services and things like that for a while, has it been just very wild to see all of the changes that technology and the state of the world has really driven? Completely. I am not tech-oriented at all. Before the pandemic, I basically just knew how to return emails and shop. And since then, I have had to become a one-man production team, meaning I, you know, I write the scripts, I create the concepts, I have all the lighting and sound equipment, all the editing equipment. I hire people. Uh, I do all the marketing and advertising. I do all the social media. And all of this is very, very new to me. So yes, the pandemic like threw me into a tech education <laughs> vortex that continues to this day. <laughs> well, I'm just so <laughs> impressed. Like <laughs> the the quality of the content that you're putting out there doesn't feel sort of like a newbie who's who's only really been doing it for a couple of years. Like it feels very professional, fun seasoned accessible and how you describe like that this character just kind of came from within because it does feel that way when when consuming a lot of your content like i i kind of like that you learn some new things i they just Good. make me giggle sometimes <laughs> and it's just really enjoyable ah you've just done such a well, great job thank you very much <laughs> I, I really appreciate it and i just i'm having fun with it and the ideas and the concepts just keep coming they come when I meditate, they come when I masturbate, and I honestly teach people to meditate on their pleasure and get wisdom from their genitals. Because when you are focusing so, so exclusively on pleasure, you can open doors to spiritual connections as well that enable you to get downloads of creative ideas and information. So really what I'm teaching, I get it from what I'm teaching you guys. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and that's something that really drew me to your work because like as a, as a queer woman and with the majority of the content that you make for a masculine audience and being a man, but for me, it's like, it feels very safe. It feels very approachable. The emotional tone feels totally different because I'm a recreational man liker, mm -hmm. but so much of the content that is depicting men or men together feels very unemotional, feels very unconnected, feels purely aggressive. And that's just one flavor. And your work just really struck me and made such a different impression because it's something that Vix and I talk about a lot is even that connection between your emotions, your body, your thoughts, and how to sort of get more, get more embodiment uh, happening. And so if you're speaking to a friend or to a partner and you're trying to introduce these concepts of being more embodied or being more present, where do you generally tend to start? 
first I want to say before somebody can hear what I have to say, I have to feel an opening. I have to feel like an actual request for the information, a question. And even sometimes the question, I might still not feel quite the right opening for, for me to really share what I have. You may have heard the quote, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So sometimes I'll be in conversation with a friend or a, a colleague or even relative, and I'll feel an opening to start sharing about how they can connect more consciously. And it's not just sexually just out in the world with with the lady at their grocery store with you know the guy you buy the newspaper from you know what up i may mean, have dating myself there <laughs> <laughs> but but whatever just just learning ways to come out of yourself and connect in an intimate way even with your clothes on so the the level of conscious connection is really varies based on where you're at, where your partner's at, and the appropriateness of the relationship. I think that's where sort of like the interpretation in general life of intimacy gets a bit squicky because I feel like it kind of gets like relegated to something that you might only share with a singular monogamous partner or something like that. And it is often interpreted that intimacy is specifically sexual. But yeah, having an open heart and that you can share intimacy with all kinds of different people in all different places is definitely something I'd like to see talked about more. Yes. And it helps people expand their definition of what sex is. And, and you're talking about partners and monogamous partners and, and a lot of monogamous relationships, uh, especially in America in the, in the straight community, sex only happened if somebody got fucked. And when people think about wanting to connect with their partner, they think, oh, do I want to fuck now? No, nah, not really. So I guess we're not going to do anything. <laughs> Instead of, oh, well, do you want to hold hands? Can you, can you massage my shoulders? Can we gaze into each other's eyes and share breath together? Can we cuddle? One of the people I work with is a cuddle therapist. And he, that is what he does. People come to him and he, sh he cuddles with them and he shows them all different positions to cuddle in that are really very satisfying and, and connecting. And all of this is usually done with your clothes on. So yeah, expanding your definition of what intimacy is, of what sex is, can really make you feel more satisfied with your relationships in general. It's something that is like an element in the relationship that Vix and I have because we have a platonic relationship, we don't have a sexual relationship, but it's extremely intimate and there's a lot of touch in it and it can confuse other people or it can be confronting to, to other people, but it's something that heals us and has helped us through the pandemic, like being bubble buddies that can go and spoon in bed for hours and things like that. And I just feel like so many people are missing out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so important. And people don't ask for even that simple platonic touch when they really need it. My mother lives a few states away and I saw her a few weeks ago. And before I got there, she said, oh, I just can't wait to touch you. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to hug you too. You know, I, I thought that's what she was kind of alluding to. And she's like, no, I just haven't touched anybody. 
She's like, just touching somebody's skin, just being next to you, next to a person. It just, I was like, oh, wow, just how many people are feeling that way? But of course, a mom can say it to her son. But, you know, friends, if people find it awkward to say it, but it, it's always met with a hug and always met with receptivity because everyone's thinking the same thing. Absolutely. And in the early, you know, first year of the pandemic, like my partner is like a, a queer and trans focused psychologist and a book that they've been reading that they recommend that I read is called Love 2.0. I'm not sure if you've read it, Will, but this uh, PhD researcher talks about positivity resonance and it's her way of really breaking down the science of that open feeling between two people and sort of emotional intimacy and her way of unpacking how you can have emotional intimacy or how it affects you in that moment, whether it's with an intimate partner or colleagues or even the person at the store. And it's like a, a mindset kind of thing. So I think you'd love reading the Love 2.0 book. Uh, it's really, really good. Very interesting. Yes. Thank you. That's a great recommendation. I love those type of lessons that introduce people to intimacy with baby steps. As a Tantra teacher, people have a lot of questions about Tantra because it's a big mystery and it's also very titillating and they think there's a lot of big orgies happening. And when you go to a Tantra workshop, it starts off baby steps. You're not even touching people. You're, you're gazing, you're eye gazing. You, you might be sharing appreciative words. And then the touch begins with just hands. Everything is all consensual and, and everything's talked about step by step. And as you do this and as you, you work with person after person, because you work with everybody in the workshop, then, then when you do go out in the world, you're like, ah, oh, this is so easy to hold somebody's gaze and, and to understand like, oh, what their heart might be feeling. Cause you kind of learn more about reading people's body language and, and energy. So yeah, I, I'm going to check that book out. It sounds in alignment with what we teach as well. That just gave me goosebumps to listen to just in that I'd never considered the outcome of something like a Tantra workshop actually being about how you navigate everyday life because I feel like that like just I thinking about eye contact and like how that is such an uncomfortable thing for so many people like I, I've only really done eye gazing sort of specifically a few times which seems a bit tragic but I guess the first time I was really doing it was at um, a cuddle workshop um, and yeah we started really slowly with talking to each other and then moving into eye gazing and having these experiences of like just sitting and looking at strangers and I think I just did and expect it to feel the way it does yeah it's very comforting at first it's a little awkward but but then after you get over it because the other person's you know confronted with the same awkwardness yeah everyone is like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you get used to it and then it becomes comfortable and then you realize that you you've made a connection do you feel that this approachability or that it doesn't have to be super confronting or the sex will get out of control or anything like would these elements be a part of what you wish more people knew about the work that you do or is there anything that you wish people understood better about what you make yes well first of all a lot of people wonder what Tantra is and what aspect about it is my focus. And Tantra, first of all, it's not a religion. It's a spiritual path. And it's a spiritual path 
towards inner peace. And that could mean, like we were talking about being peaceful at the grocery store or being peaceful in the middle of getting your brains fucked out. (laughs) The idea with the Tantra that I teach is about connecting with our environment through the senses, all of our senses. And when you connect through the environment with your senses and you're very present and you're focusing on one of those senses and you find an appreciative thought, then you're in a state of meditation. And if you're doing that all throughout the day, then there's a big part of the day where you're meditating. And when you're meditating, you're aligning your vibrational thought frequency with that of your source, with that of your inner being, and then everything falls into place so much more smoothly. So for example, if you were driving down the street and you saw a beautiful sunset and you, you've had that appreciative thought of the beauty and that, that warmth of that sensation kind of moves through your body, that is meditation. Now with Tantra, I like to teach people how to get the most out of their senses. The best way to do that is by incorporating what I like to call the tantric principles of pleasure, which are breathing and making sound and moving. So as you're experiencing a sense, you're taking big breaths, which brings you into the moment. You're making making soft oohs and ahs and moans or groans, which creates a vibration. It also stirs up the kundalini or life force energy in your pelvis. And then when you move your body, you have an internal intelligence that knows where these good feelings want to go. And it undulates your spine. It makes you want to exclaim verbally and draw what you're appreciating towards you. And what I just said might sound like, oh, that sounds kind of crazy, but you do it all the time. So you look at that beautiful sunset. What do you do? Oh, hey, look at that, right? You undulate your spine and you breathe. What if you're listening to some music? Ah, you want to move, you want to sing. So you're breathing, you're vocalizing. If somebody's cooking something yummy in the kitchen, hey, what is that? You move towards it. You also want to share it like, oh, taste this. Come on. (laughs) So our senses are a door to connect us, not just to the people around us and the world around us to enjoy it more, but also to our source. And again, those many meditations throughout the day are so valuable for aligning to the life you're wanting to live. Is so beautiful. I'm just like, ooh, I'm sparkling just listening to it and just tying it to like even everyday life because like I try and even just have a gratitude journal to be like, even if I appreciated something in the moment, later on I want to remember that I had that sparkly moment and everything. So yeah, that's really shaping how I'm going to think about those really nice moments because, you know, we'll go and have more nice moments in our day. And it's just a really nice reminder that you can. You know, you don't need to buy something or sort of have external validation to, to find pleasure in the moment. Yes. And also to and, and explain that Tantra is just not all about sex. But what I teach is a lot about sex. So when I'm talking about this breath, sound and movement, and when I'm talking about the senses, I'm talking a lot about the sense of touch. But I'm also bringing in the other senses because, of course, they're incorporated with sex. So that's why I like to say, like, Yes, my Tantra is a lot about sex, but if you're a Tantra student and you are embodying this lifestyle, 
it's 24 hours a day. And when you are, you know, helping someone on a Tantra journey or they're thinking about it or they're incorporating it, when and how would you start incorporating like masturbation practices or the way that they should contextualize and think about that? It depends on the person, but usually right away because most people are masturbating anyway. So it's about helping them learn how to masturbate in a way that they're proud of and that serves them in terms of helping them have better partnered sex. Because the way we masturbate is the way we're training our bodies, not just our genitals, but our entire bodies and our minds to perform during partnered sex. So if you kick back with a computer in your lap, using the same hand movement with the same speed and the same pressure every single time in the exact same body position, well, you are pigeonholing yourself into a narrow range of pleasure that your body is trained to respond to. So then if you go to be with another partner and, and maybe you're on your hands and knees now or you're standing up and they're doing a stroke that you're not a real fan of and then you, your mind is starting to get distracted and then you're maybe feeling a little bit of out, out of sorts and your body's not responding. So I teach people to add variety to their masturbation, masturbate in a way that you're going to be in the same positions that you would be in if you're having sex or fucking. Uh, similar environment. A lot of people masturbate at their desk at a computer. <laughs> and I don't know a lot of people who have sex that way. So, you know, putting yourself in the, in the space and the environment where you're having sex and then giving your genitals the sensations that they will very most likely be expected to perform under with a partner. I'm just nodding so much as you're speaking because it's something that Vix and I have spoken about a bit in terms of when we're with male partners, sometimes there's so much self-consciousness, but also disconnect or real discomfort about vulnerability or even to have a conversation about like, how do you like to receive pleasure? How do you pleasure yourself when it's not a partnered situation has sometimes been super uncomfortable. And I think it's a bit tricky when you don't have sort of the open heart moment to try and talk to a partner about to sort of uh, make suggestion without coming across as criticism. I mean, do you feel that partners can really try and talk to talk to partners about masturbation habits without being judgmental or should it always sort of come from the individual first <laughs> i i think you're exactly right it, it, it does happen in that way where you know people are asking about masturbation they're asking about how do i please you how do i please me but then they don't want to say the words you know it, it's in their head but they're they're afraid to vocalize because people are afraid to ask for what they want, really. And that's a big part of what I teach and what we teach in Tantra is to talk about these things, you know, stop thinking you can read somebody's mind or their bodies are just like yours and set a container for these conversations. If you're going to have somebody over and have sex and they're going to penetrate your body, can't you at least tell them how you like it to be done? You know, <laughs> it shouldn't be that awkward, but it is because at least here in America, we're not given any proper 
practical sexual education in high school. We're just warned, don't do this, don't do that, don't get anybody pregnant, don't catch anything, but we're not told how to do anything. And then we're just assumed to know. And especially guys, we feel weird asking or telling people, you know, and every guy's cock likes to be pleasured a different way. You know, every woman's vagina likes to be pleasured a different way. You know, we have to teach our partners and the exercise is called asking for what you want. And you sit there with your partner and you say, okay, for the next 10 minutes, I want you to tell me all the things you would like to do to my body with no penetration. We've got that down. <laughs> we know this goes in there. But does your partner know that you like your neck kissed right here? Does your partner know that you like your inner thigh tickled? Does your partner know that, you, that you're not really a fan of when they stick their tongue all the way down your throat? You know, it's like we have to, we have to talk about these things in a positive sense by asking specifically for what you want and, and have the partner perform those things for you. And then you take turns. And then you learn all these hot buttons and sweet spots on your partner's body, which builds confidence for you, helps them relax because now they, they've found their voice and they know you, you were listening. And it's, it's such a simple exercise that can make a world of difference in just, you know, just 15, 20 minutes. It's really something that makes a, a big impression for me when I'm looking at your content because you include those conversations. Like people are chatting about this kind of stuff, whereas that's missing a lot. Because Vix, I feel like for you and I, when we were younger, even seeing the porn that had a couple having a conversation together after, you know, some of the Tristan Tamino stuff, like even that made a big impact, didn't it? Like they're real people and they... <laughs> They're actually going to go to the grocery store after this <laughs> or something. <laughs> that, it, that is exactly it. Well, I wanted to touch a little bit on when AIDS might be a good idea. I know that it can be tricky with masturbation practices that some of us can, I don't know, even in my own case, to have a bit too much of a reliance on certain types of stimulation or certain toys. But when it comes to men and introducing this concept of toys, I still feel like there's a lot of stigma around it. So how do you like to try and approach the idea of when and how to test and try a few different external aids or toys or items? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. A huge issue with men, there's two of them, with masturbation. Number one is death grip. And death grip is when you squeeze your cock really hard and you jack it super, super fast, like a jackhammer, in order to stimulate yourself and then come. And when a man does this consistently over time, he deadens the nerve ending in his cock and trains the cock to only respond to that level of intensity so that then when that man wants to orgasm inside another person, either in a mouth hole or pussy, it's not tight enough. It's not fast enough. <laughs> you know, some guys don't use lube, you know, so, so then the hole, it's, it's too wet for them and then the cock isn't going to perform. So I recommend if a man is going to use an external toy like a stroker, Flesh Jack, Fleshlight, whatever brand you like, that 
they get one that has, well, first of all, that they get one and that they get a real feel one that really feels wet and soft and smooth and just like the inside of a mouth hole or pussy and then practice fucking it. So often men masturbate only with their hand and arm. But if you're fucking, the movement and the stimulation is coming from the hips, which is a completely different neuromuscular pathway and musculature and exercise. So I highly recommend for any man to get a stroker and practice fucking it just how he would if there was another person there. Get on your knees if that's how you like to fuck. Me, if somebody's riding me, that's my least confident position. So I'm training myself. So I lie on my back. I've got my stroker and I'm like pushing my hips up into it, practicing. You know, we can't just be expected like, you know, we don't stretch or work out or anything. Then all of a sudden in bed, we're all of a sudden these gymnasts. No, you have, you got to practice doing what you're going to be doing in partner sex. So that that's that. Were there other external toys you were curious about? You mean, not, well, dildos are internal. Uh, maybe external vibrators and stuff? Yes, I recommend those as well, especially the Hitachi Magic Wand for both men and women and trans men. Those are awesome. They feel incredible. And for cis men, they have attachments that can wrap around your cock, and then you can have a totally hands-free experience. Cool. I had no idea. Very, very cool. There can be such a such a stigma or such a hesitation and this idea again of like, I should be incredible sort of organically or, you know, I shouldn't need toys or toys will make me worse as a partner with other human beings and things like that. And we definitely work to deconstruct that. And I think I've seen a lot of stuff in your content as well that helps tackle that as well, which is really, really great to see. Yes, I highly recommend it. forgetting that we're really having a chat because i feel like i'm absorbing a lesson like it's just really really <laughs> i'm like okay i'm gonna have to rearrange my toys and do this i'm gonna try that like <laughs> like it's very 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 good my brain is definitely very very activated me too awesome. <laughs> i've heard in another interview that you talked a little bit about sex magic as something that is related to Tantra, a little bit different again. I think it's the sort of thing that might, you know, sort of confuse some folks or be a little bit more confronting for some people. But I'd be very curious as to your journey or interest into this sex magic space. Love it. Sex magic is fucking awesome and has totally changed my life. And it sounds all like hippy dippy kind of mystical it's very simple all sex magic is is infusing sexual energy and pleasure into your vision of how you want something to unfold in your life so if you are visualizing give me an example of something that you were wanting in your life right now mm. i mean i would say something i want in my life would be rehabilitating and catching up in a lot of my relationships post lockdown. Okay. And doesn't seem like something to masturbate over, does it? Maybe. <laughs> it depends on the Maybe, relationships. Maybe, <laughs> but not like not like your first go-to. Kind of weird, but you do. 
So you're kicking back, you're having a good self-pleasure session, you're breathing, you're making sound, and you're moving your body, you're feeling thoughts of appreciation, maybe you've got some fantasies popping in and out of your head to kind of spike your arousal, and then your thoughts gently land on your friends, and your family, and your relationships, and you feel a sense of like, ah, everything's cool. These are good people. We connect. I make good choices. I have a good intuition when it comes to friendships and love and even family relationships. And then get off it. Back to your fantasy, back to something else. Your mind gets distracted. Then pull it back in again. And that one friend, we kind of had that issue. But you know what? We're in it for the long haul. It's all cool. It's all good. Breathe that feeling around your body. Get back into your masturbation. It's as, as simple as that. And your topic could be relationships, or it could be the next home that you're wanting to manifest. It could be a job. I do it all the time before I travel. So before a trip, I'll be jacking off and I'll be like, all right. The Uber driver picks me up and we laugh all the way to the airport and everything's on time. And maybe there's like the middle seats empty in between us. And I get to my place and it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. And there's a super hot guy that lives next to, you know, like I'll just go into this really fun fantasy of how things could possibly unfold because we're doing it anyway all the time. We do it with worry is what we do. We're like, oh my God, I don't know. This is, well, that's, <laughs> that's probably going to happen. Oh, shit. We're doing it anyway. So we may as well deliberately do it with positive expectation. And then when you infuse your sexual energy into it, pow, the manifestation power is just explosive. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you don't need any training, nothing. You just need your genitals. It doesn't have to be your genitals. You, you could be touching, pleasuring any part of your body and then just thinking about something in your life and how you're wanting to unfold. Just stay very general about it. Sometimes when we get too specific, we get in the way of the universe who really knows how this can unfold with the path of least resistance. So just be very general about how you want things to look and feel and and add that pleasure to it, and you'll be amazed at what unfolds and how quickly. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It's such a, I don't know, just sort of the manifesting concept that, yeah, and as you say, it's like we're always thinking about the future, but from a place of anxiety. So, <laughs> well, I'm talking about visualizing and manifesting with pleasure. And how did all of us get here with a big cum shot? <laughs> And lots of pleasure, right? And a receptive partner and shared energy and sexuality. So your sexual energy is creative life force energy, not just for creating another human, but for creating an art project or a new lamp or an edit or cute little outfit like y'all are wearing, you know? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'm going to be like, this outfit is a beautiful product of my sexual manifestation. Like, that's I right. feel like I've been wasting my sexual energy my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> this untapped resource. It is. 
That That's a really good thought to have. You have this untapped source of energy that can be used in every aspect of your life. That's a really important thing to contemplate and to play with. It's very sort of anti-capitalist at the root of it to say you don't need to buy something, you don't need to have reached an achievement, but just going back to that idea of you have everything you need. Because I feel like uh, with the generation that I've grown up in, a lot of us have reached my sort of early 30s age to be like, I don't know how to self-soothe. I feel like I need all this external stuff and even to reach safety first. Yeah, I can only have pleasure <laughs> like once everything else is out of the way. And I think people forget like, well, you know, you're living life every day, like the present and the now is what our lives are. And you have to put the work in every day and, and be mindful of yeah how you're using your energy. Because I don't know, I, well, I know you're a bit the same, Lauren, how like a lot of our energy at the moment is just like anxiety energy, <laughs> which I'm just kind of like, oh, this actually isn't very fulfilling <laughs> and pleasure's really kind of been on the shelf because it's like we're all tired of both living in Melbourne like we've had a, a very very extended lockdown and we're in a position now where everybody is just sort of coming out again uh, to rejoin society and I feel like people can't remember how to connect with each other let alone with ourselves. That's right and when you you began this new topic, you said anti-capitalist and questions around self-soothing. And those are tied very closely together because if you can self-soothe, who makes any money off of that? Nobody. So our culture demonizes self-pleasure because it is in direct competition with the wallets of corporations and organized religion. So that's why when, when people are feeling guilt around masturbation, it's like, oh, the reason why you feel guilty is about it because you've been shamed by someone who wants to make money off of you. We were just talking about sex magic. We're shamed by our masturbation because our masturbation is in direct conflict or a direct competition with the wallets of corporations and the church. Because through sex magic, through positive connection with your genitals while you're masturbating, you can make these spiritual connections. And through those connections, manifest the, your life that you're wanting to live. Making religion, corporations, pharmaceutical companies obsolete. So that's why we're so shamed around sex is because it makes people lose money when we get real connected with it's it. It's really just blowing my mind. I just, yeah, just these emerging realizations that I'm having that I think I had little inklings, but yeah, having this conversation's just really, really drawing it up because I'm at the stage of my life where it's like that you can achieve all sorts of things, but you have to, you have to heal your own child wounds. You have to do all of these things for yourself. It's not this external stuff. And even through lockdown, Vix and I have focused a lot on the relationship we have with ourselves. What do we want for ourselves? You know, who are we when we're alone and not distracted by other people <laughs> and things like that. So yeah, it's really just tying it together for me, which is really, really amazing. So the content that I create now is mainly for gay men. I identify as a gay man. I also love 
trans men and trans men are men. And when I'm having sex with a trans man, it doesn't make me any less gay. That said, I have recently in the last couple of years also started to become more attracted to women the more I study Tantra. And in my masturbations and my meditations and my sex magic, I've been thinking about wanting to attract a cis woman to create more of this work with to expand it to more of an audience. So just kind of putting that out to the universe as something that I'm wanting to attract into my life. I love sharing wishes like that. I think that's that's really, really beautiful. And for myself, I know that I want to put out into the universe that I'm looking for more of these principles that we're discussing in my life and to realize that a lot of my masturbation is very distracted or escapist and wanting to work on more of that as well. So thank you so much for the conversations that we're having and for me to to sit with that a little bit more and open my mind to it. You are quite welcome. I've had so much fun talking to you lovely gals. Squealing in the background. <laughs> I mean, I feel like me and Lauren constantly talk about connection and connect constantly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, something that we we super enjoy. But I feel like I'm really just coming into, in my life in general, yeah, figuring out how to actually authentically connect with myself because so much of the distraction has been more about just accepting myself where I am or making changes to be closer to where I want to be. But I don't think that the connecting with like truly enjoying myself and using my power to manifest the things that I want outside of junk (laughs) (laughs) jobs like I mean jobs and and houses and all that sort of stuff you know it's great and important but the spiritual connection I have with myself definitely I feel ready to start embracing (laughs) that journey a bit more seriously fantastic so next time you masturbate baby steps start breathing Try to clear your mind of your fantasies, even if it's just for five or six seconds, and just focus exclusively on the sensation you're giving yourself, how good it feels, and feel a real warm thought of appreciation for the fact that you're offering that for yourself. Masturbation is self-care. That is so beautiful. And before we wrap up, Will, where would you like people to find you on the internet? Where are your favorite little corners where people should come and connect and you know consume and enjoy? I have tons of free and explicit content on Twitter. I'm Tantric Fitness there. And then all of my videos, I have over 200 practical sex and tantra education videos on my OnlyFans. And that's OnlyFans.com slash Tantric Fitness. Amazing. I just realized that I hadn't asked. Just, you know, when somebody's a creator, I just love to know. Of It sounds like you have oodles and oodles of videos. I just wondered if if there were any that were particular favorites of yours or that you think would be specifically great topics for people that are a bit newer, I guess, to being very mindfully self-loving, masturbatory. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have several guided masturbations on my on my site. Well, actually like 20. And I produced a masturbation training series and The conclusion of the series is how to have multiple orgasms, which is for real. And if you look on my site, you can see examples 
of me doing this over and over and over again. And it is a new skill that I learned and taught myself, and now I teach other people how to do it. So those, those masturbation, both tantric and then the practical aspects of how to get more function out of your cock, th those are all available there. Hell yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. Well, Bill, thank you so much for the time and energy. This has been absolutely beautiful. We just really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much, too. That's all we've got time for today. We hope that you loved chatting with Will Tantra like we did. We'd love to get him out to Australia sometime. The man needs his own podcast. He needs his own audiobook. We love listening to him. So thank you so much to Will for his time. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you have a burning question, we would love to hear it. Please slide into our DMs with your questions at donewonderfully on Twitter or you can email us at wonderfullydoneshow at gmail.com, anonymity guaranteed. So thank you so much, everyone. Please rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends. That's the best way that we can find the right people for this show. And Wonderfully Done can always be downloaded wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Our audio mix and mastering has been done by Raf Chavez from Big Mastering. Thank you so much, Raf. Okay, cuties, we'll see you next time. And hey, you're doing wonderfully. <laughs>